Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where two days after the mammoth 2020 election, where we had historic turnout, we still don't know the winner. We don't know who controls the Senate. We think we know who it's going to be. We think it's going to be the Republicans control the Senate. We do know the Democrats will control the House, but with a shrunken majority, they lost seats, not gained seats. Uh, but uh, we do still not know the official victor for the White House starting January 20th, 2021. Uh, and as part of that, uh, we're going to be talking in just a few minutes with President Trump's own pollster, the man who called it right, who said that discard that 17-point lead in Wisconsin that the Washington Post gave Joe Biden, discard those national polls suggesting Donald Trump was down 5 to 10 points. Let's consider this a toss-up race. Well, John McLaughlin was right. Those media pollsters, well, they weren't even remotely wrong. They were extremely wrong. And he's here to talk about that, the state of polling, where we are in the election, what's going to happen in Arizona, Las Vegas, Wisconsin, Michigan. I think he's going to tell us we're headed to the courts. Yes, yesterday we reported that Rudy Giuliani, Pam Bondi, the former Florida Attorney General, several other legal all-stars, including Sidney Powell, who represented Mike Flynn. You all know her well from my reporting. They formed an all-star legal team for Donald Trump to go in and challenge some of the ballot practices and other things that went on in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, uh, and Arizona and Vegas, Las Vegas. Now, what we're doing on our side of the fence uh, is last night, just the news announced uh, that we are going to create our own media review process. We're going to take a look at the four most disputed states, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Arizona, where uh, folks have uh, raised our own readership, our own listenership, have raised concerns about the things they saw. And we're going to try to dig in and find out, was there any funny business or was this just a, 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 an anomaly of the uh, pandemic and a lot of early voting that went on. We're going to let you know that answer. We're going precinct by precinct in these major cities looking for any aberrant behavior, any misdeeds, any mistakes that occurred. We're also taking a look at some interesting efforts by Pennsylvania and uh, Michigan officials to change behavior, how votes would be counted, how voters would be treated, uh, and to see if there was some unequal protection. Did voters and Detroit and Philadelphia get different instructions and, and treatment than those voters in rural areas or suburban areas. Uh, we have launched a media consortium, uh, Just the News, Real America's Voice, our TV partner, the Star Newspapers, many, many others as well. And we are going to dig in and we're going to find out uh, exactly what happened in each of those places. So uh, we're going to uh, keep you up to date every day on the findings of those um uh, results. It's going to take us about 10 days to do the sort of work we want to do, but I think we're going to get unique journalism every day. We'll bring it to this show, bring it on to justthenews.com and keep you all apprised. We want to keep them honest. Maybe this election's totally legit. Maybe there's something that occurred that in these four or five states where people have agita and heartburn right now that we may uncover through a forensic analysis of the precinct counting. We're going to get to the bottom of that with our crack team of investigation election investigation hunters. All right, when we come back for the commercial break, John McLaughlin, the pollster for um, uh, Donald Trump, of course, probably his most famous client, but for many others, the Conservative Party in London, uh, the uh, former Prime Minister of Australia. Uh, John has global prestige, global clients, global respect on both sides of the political aisle. And uh, he's going to be here in just a second to break down 
what the heck just happened the last 48 hours. It's going to be worth the listen. Stick around. Angie's List is now Angie, A-N-G-I, the nation's largest home services marketplace. And they're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project is, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. That's what you want, right? I'm uh, thinking about building out my basement in my cabin. I've been perusing Angie, looking for just the right contractor to get it done the way my wife and I want it done. Now, Angie can help you find the best price for your project. Angie lets you request and compare quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie has cost guides that tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and right in your neighborhood. That's important, right? You can do comparative shopping. Get started today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today. The app and the website are free to use. Angie.com or the Angie app. Go check it out today. All right, folks, welcome back from the uh, commercial break. And as promised, one of the great pollsters in America, one of the great political advisors in America, most importantly, he's the pollster and advisor right now to President Trump. John McLaughlin, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be with you, John. It's great to have you on on. Day two, 48 hours after the election, and we still don't know the winner. Um, why don't you give us the latest of what the Trump campaign's thinking, what your own personal thinking is about what transpired on Election Day? Well, th- first of all, let me thank you for the great coverage that you, the honest coverage and the honest journalism you've given the uh, uh, the, ca- the campaign during the entire campaign. Oh, and, thank uh, you. And, and you actually research the facts and check things, unlike a lot of other uh, so-called journalists that uh that often cite things that they could have easily called and found out it wasn't true wasn't true but but now you're now you're seeing you know the mainstream media bias go into overdrive to try to manufacture the final outcome uh where they're trying to uh take away the votes of the people where they uh the legal votes of the people where you know donald trump did very well on election day uh we'll have a a post-election poll up on our website later that we that we took among voters who voted early or voted on election day, a uh, thousand voters across the country. And uh, it really matches up with what the media found because, uh, um, because the president did very well driving out a vote on election day where he had 60, he had 69 million voters. He had the majority of the vote in the battleground States. He got, uh, uh, you know, uh, two, they're showing 214 electoral votes right now. But I can tell you that if they, they should put North Carolina in that column, the votes haven't changed. There's enough votes in North Carolina. I've, I've worked for North Carolina for years, going right. back to Jesse Helms and Senator Faircloth and different members of Congress, et cetera. And I, I, we did polling all over North Carolina this year for uh, in the House races for GOPAC. And we did uh, uh, we did uh, Madison Cawthorn's race, uh, the, the new yeah, the youngest youngest Congress uh, member, right? Yeah, right. And those that seventy thousand vote is not going to change. So of the of the two hundred fourteen electoral votes they're giving the president now, they ought to throw in North Carolina. And I used to work for Governor Deal uh, and went through you know his two statewide elections in sure, Georgia. Georgia. The years I worked yeah. in Georgia. And uh, I've done work for Congressman Collins there before, and I've done work for uh, 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 for many Republicans over the years in Georgia. And although they count slow, and that's their system, they count right. slow in Georgia. Um, 
the the 19,000 votes for the president is going to stand up there, that margin he has right now. They've been trying to whittle away, uh, but it's going to hold. And, um, you know, that 16 votes ought to go in uh, for the president as well, as well as he's winning Alaska two to one. And for whatever reasons, they won't call Alaska. It's really bizarre, isn't it? And and the only bizarre, the real bizarre part of this is, if you look at the statistics and the time element here and what's going on, the only reason you do it is because otherwise you would show the president at 248 electoral votes instead of 214. Right. And if you have Joe Biden at 253, considering they called Arizona for him and it was too early and they should have waited on that, um, you know, you now have a situation where the president and Joe Biden have you know, shared claims for, uh, you know, who won the election. And I think the media bias, we saw it in the calls on election night where, you know, they were quick to call for Biden, very slow to call for the president of Florida. And uh, I have some experience in this because I used to, for years, I worked for CBS radio, uh, making, helping to make the calls on the decision desk. And I was the Republican who balanced out the, the Democrat pollster, Jeff Guerin, was an honest liberal. And Jeff and I, in 2000, we were doing the radio calls for CBS Radio. Uh, I remember at the 3 o'clock exits, we were being lobbied by Chris Lahane to make a call. And, uh, you know, we told him, is that when, we looked at the, when we looked at the numbers, uh, there was only 2% Cuban voters. It should have been 5. There were 17% African American. It should have been 14, 13. Right. When you made the adjustments, it was dead even. It was, But they were showing Gore plus 3. Yeah. And unlike the TV that made a call before the panhandle closed the polls and drove people home thinking the election was over. We, we, we stayed neutral. So I know these, you know, there's, I know the process where they make the calls. And four years ago, we had to lobby uh, the the networks to make the calls so that we could beat Hillary Clinton. And, uh, you know, rather than leaving it out till six in the morning when they could create fraud in the States where there were close balance. Right. This time around, they really delayed the calls on behalf of the president and accelerated the calls on behalf of uh, on behalf of Joe Biden. Yeah. And it was just one more extension of the media bias that we saw in the polls all year and the coverage all year. That's it. And now in the final coverage. Yeah. You, you see these are the same news organizations and pollsters that had the president 5, 10, 17 points down in states or nationally. Uh, and I, I want to, I want if you, you know, you've been in this profession a long time. You've earned, you've earned a lot of respect on both sides of the political aisle. Why do you think this election people were the media polls? Because I mean, there are other pollsters like Trafalgar, Des Moines that were right on the money, right? Uh, right. Why do you think the media polls, the polls associated with uh, news media organizations, were so skewed? And and did the did that whatever that symptom was did uh, whatever caused that symptom did that also cause for the the hair trigger on calling for Biden and not calling for Trump on election night? Oh, it was an extension of their personal partisan political bias, where they were, they were anti-Trump throughout. I earlier in the year, the president I explained this to him, and the president asked me for a memo back in June about how the the, the national media polls were skewed against and they were under polling Republicans. And uh, I put it out, and in the in the memo, I mentioned ABC with Stephanopoulos and uh, Chuck Todd at NBC, right? And because they control the polls, they're the you know they're the editors. And unlike somebody like um, uh, Chris Russert, who was uh, uh, Tim Russert, pardon me, right? Tim Russert, who was 
Tim was a former Democrat who went into a news organization, got out of his way to show that he wasn't biased. Yeah. He still have had those biases, but he went out of his way. He would zing Republicans and Democrats alike on his show and in debates that he had on his show. Um, you know, he went out of his way to be a journalist. Now you're getting totally one-sided coverage. And the polls are an extension of that. Four years ago, um, Chuck Todd was talking about an electoral map and uh, an electoral lock for Hillary. And he wanted to expand how they were going to expand the map. And he was controlling those polls that NBC was doing. And now you've got, you know, he has input on these polls. And, uh, um, you know, it's a situation where they were under polling Republicans in the Wall Street Journal poll sure. um, that NBC participates in. Right. Um, and uh, you saw that there's, you know, some of their statewide coverage wasn't some of their statewide polls weren't that bad, but they were really some of them they were just repeating the same things yeah the same bad methodologies they had four years ago because it fits their narrative yeah and, and there uh, was this obsession you know, with the um exuberance of the trump vote and so they suppressed the the amount of republicans that they interviewed and that was their way of correcting for over enthusiasm but over enthusiasm sometimes just results in more votes and yeah. here you know what we did with scott rasmussen here is we created two models one, the model that everyone was using, which a lower uh, thing. And then we had a different model that uh, predicted, I think, almost closely, almost identically, what Republican turnout was across the country. Uh, and I think going forward that people are going to look back at that decision, that decision to repress the amount of Republicans that you interviewed as a total. I mean, many there were some polls at 26, 27, 28 uh, percent. And we know Republicans turn out far more <laughs> than yes. that, that numbers. And so... Uh, I think that decision, that decision to repress, and they'll have their excuse, right? Their excuse is, well, we're trying to control for the over-exuberant Trump uh, voter. Uh, but uh, I don't think that's going to hold up, and I think it's going to be exposed for the biases that uh, <clears throat> that showed up on election night. Yeah, and I think that was that, – all that is a rational uh, a rationale for their bias. Right. I mean, they already came in trying to get a poll – uh, that would favor Joe Biden and uh, would favor the Democrats who would hurt the president. And and what was more strategic about what they were doing was they knew that because of the changes that a lot of these governors had made because they had police powers during the pandemic, a lot of the things that they were able to do, that the early mail-in ballots would favor Joe Biden. Right. So they banked a lot of their vote. And what they didn't want was a good turnout for the president on election day because the president was saying, don't trust the mail, vote in person. And you could see in the last week, Republican in-person voting was surging in Texas, oh, in without Florida. Florida, yeah. Yep. And you could see it in other states where they had it. But still, we were relying on a good turnout on election day. And and we have, uh, you know, our, our post-election poll that we'll publish later today on McLaughlinOnline.com. If you were an early voter... Three to two, you voted for uh, President Trump. If I'm mean, take it back, I got it back. If you were an election day voter, you voted three to two for President Trump, and 58 percent of the early voters had voted for Biden. So, what they were trying to do was discourage election day turnout of Trump voters with really bad polls. And the president actually called me from Las Vegas one morning. He woke up and there was a Washington Post ABC poll where it had us losing Wisconsin by 17 points. And he said to me, he said, are we really losing by 17 points? And I said, no, it's really close. 
Um, I'm looking at the, not just my polls, but published polls. And I'm saying the good pollsters who are doing likely voters, and I know Wisconsin because I used to work up there for Lieutenant Governor McCallum. Right, Scott McCallum, right. And I, so I know Wisconsin voters, and I worked there for the president last time, and I've been doing his polls uh, in Wisconsin. I said it's, it's much closer. It's a toss-up state. It's going to be very close. And what they're trying to do is discourage Trump voters from showing up on Election Day because they mm. know our vote has waited. So this is a Washington Post ABC poll yeah. saying we're they... down 17. They have no conscience. The guys who run that poll are smart people. They're PhDs. Yeah. They got advanced degrees. They they know what they're doing, and they're manufacturing poll. And see, the president, he's only run for office twice, 2016 and 2020. In Virginia, I used to have to put up with the Washington Post every two years or in odd years when they have a governor's candidate right. with going back to George Allen or Jim Gilmore. They would endorse the Democrat in a big editorial, make evening news and morning news in, in Washington, D.C. and Richmond. They would, uh, uh, you know, you know, write up an article that wasn't helpful to us right. to hurt Republican candidates. And they would be in the field the same weekend doing a poll when they dominated the news coverage. Yeah, and then they, would, then they manufacture a poll that the Republican couldn't win. And I had oh. to go through this years ago. So uh, I told the president it's the same thing. There, there, there's one clear lesson that the American people will take away from this because they're so perceptive. I mean, one of the things that uh, the media elites uh, are snookered by, they actually think they have influence over the thinking of American public. And I think what we learned in this election and in the election before it in 2016 is that people are now working around the news media and they're trusting sometimes, but they're verifying often. And uh, I don't think you can come out of this election and trust another Washington Post poll uh, when you see the performance of those polls or the Quinnipiac poll or any of the ones that were so grossly um, – grossly out of it because people knew it was a lot. How do we know people knew it was close? When we did our poll, who do you think was going to win? The majority of Americans said Donald Trump uh, in our poll. So that told you that American people were tuning out all those polls and they knew that this was going to be close and that Trump had a good chance of winning. Um, now let's get to that issue. Uh, he's down in the, in the, by the way, I do have to compliment you. Scott, Scott Rasmus is an honest person. And yeah. like you said, he was giving you alternatives about yep. what was, we were insisting on it. If we were going to repress, if we we're going to follow the polling professions idea that there was a 30% or less Republican vote, and that was the way to control for over-enthusiasm in the poll. Uh, we wanted the traditional poll and that traditional poll, I think will turn out to be right on the money when we're done. And, um, and I'm really thankful that, you know, certainly within the margin of error, I'm uh, really thankful that Scott, you know, was willing to do that for us and, and give an alternative. Most pollsters say, listen, there's only one way. If you start giving options, you're not right. Well, in the era of Trump, you got to give options because <laughs> Trump's a different phenomenon. He's a different phenomenon. Oh, oh, by the way, that last phone call I had with him, yep. when I was saying to him, we, I said to him, you have to will this election. We have to get your voters out. They're going to be discouraged by the media. And your point about the American public. People thrive for information. They're they looking do. for unbiased information, they just are. like you, you give them. Uh, you you give them in your columns and in your information on your website. You they can go there for something that's unbiased, and then they can make their own judgment. Yep. What they really, what really backfired is you saw censorship this election. Oh my from gosh! Big tech companies on on individuals and on the New York Post, the oldest newspaper yeah. in the United States that's operating since Andrew Hamilton. Uh, somebody who helped write the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, yep. and they censored it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Twitter and Facebook censored, uh, 
you know, a, a pillar of democracy and free speech. Yeah. And it's and it's also a good tabloid. <laughs> but it's uh, Yeah, and great headlines. Yeah. You gotta yeah. love their headlines. Yeah. I grew up in but New York. I love pre- it. Precisely because they were reporting on the same thing you were yeah. reporting on. Yep. Biden's family corruption that they knew would hurt uh, Joe Biden in the election. And uh, it was just, again, flagrant media bias. Yeah, no, you're you're so right. And um, uh, let's get to the election now. I, I want to get your sense of what you think happened when people went to bed. They were pretty certain Donald Trump had Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania in the bag. Um, they were you know, surprised by the Arizona vote call. But, you know, there was a clear pathway for the president to uh, victory, which you know seemed consistent with their experience. What happened in the overnight hours and since? How do you describe these, you know, pretty tectonic shifts in the vote count heading into uh, the day after? Well, uh, uh, certainly, you know, they didn't want to call Florida early for us, and they uh, that would have. And and by the way, Florida has a very good, competent election system that's transparent because they were embarrassed by the two thousand election. And Governor Bush, Jeb Bush, to his credit, put in place a very transparent, uh, very high-tech reporting system. And just basically, in Florida, once you vote, they leave you alone. You know, they report, they know that you voted both parties, and they stop bothering you with phone calls. So if you send an absentee ballot, they get it. If you vote early in person, they get it. They stop sending you information. If you're still out there by election day, they, they send some more. So it actually is good for the citizens, but it's a transparent system and that works efficiently. And in spite of the fact that they had the president up three, four percent with a decisive margin bigger than he had last time, they wouldn't the, the, the networks wouldn't call it. So that so that was the first signal of media bias. And then and then later on when they called Arizona with only three quarters of the votes in based on what they did with massive polling. They didn't have exit polls. They did this massive polling ahead of of time, Um, you know, based on polling and based on um, whatever they were looking at at the time. And there was plenty of reasons to think there was still time for the election day vote to be counted in Maricopa. Uh, That was the first sign that they were really going for Biden and not us, because that was the only state that we hadn't been able to say uh, we needed that state and it went against us. So I think you saw extreme media bias at that point. And uh, then later on in the night, I mean, I was watching Wisconsin and we were up by about 100,000 votes, but there were votes out of Milwaukee that were still, we were still waiting on. And we were also waiting for Monroe County. Monroe County hadn't reported for whatever right. reasons. Right. Yeah, it's an but, unusual one up in yeah, Central but, And that would be good for us because we'd won about 60% of Monroe County before, but that was holding out. But we were still up by 100,000 votes. And at that point, you could look at Milwaukee, and, and they were estimating half the votes were out in Milwaukee County. And uh, granted, we're going to lose. We'd already lost the half that was in by 60,000. So you figured we'd lose another 60,000 and we'd probably hold up with 40,000 votes. Right. Uh, but instead, at four o'clock or 445 in the morning, you're looking at the website and all of a sudden we're down. And it was like you had uh, uh, the number of voters in Milwaukee had more than doubled. And, uh, you know, it was up to uh, where you had 317,000 voters. And the more than doubling, it was like, there's something wrong here. Um, and now I know they have systems in place where, and, and look, I grew up in around New York, and I worked for a mayor once uh, uh, who got elected in Jersey City in a nonpartisan race who had uh, 
you know, when I told him on election day, okay, eight o'clock, the polls close, we'll bring our campaign workers. Somebody says, no, they have to stay at the polling place uh, to watch the machines because that's when the election inspectors vote for everybody who couldn't do it that day. Wow. And I was like, and he was serious. And, and, uh, <laughs> and, and they were, we what an introduction to politics. Machines were locked. Excuse me. What an introduction to politics. <laughs> oh, yeah. How it's really and, done. And, and, it's a time-honored tradition in a lot of urban machines. Sure. But now they have high-tech ability to do it. And you and I have spoken of before is they have systems where they can, you know, you have precincts now with more voters than registered voters. Yeah, that's the thing and they have zeroing systems in on right where now. the supervisors can override that. Yep. You know, they, and, and that's what might have been happening in Milwaukee. And uh, you could have had people voting for people that didn't make it that day. Right. And and manufacturing other people and, and overriding the system. And it has to be recounted and they have to see uh, because Milwaukee and Wisconsin in general, four years ago, Wisconsin had 67% turnout. That's yep, high. That was high. It's 89% now. Yeah. 89%. Are you dubious of that number? Excuse me? Are you dubious of that number? You don't see that number in democracies where they make people go vote, like Australia. <laughs> you get fined if you go vote. Right, right. I, we've never seen that number. We were saying, we were estimating in the Trump campaign that, that uh, Florida could be as high as 80%. Right. Um, and there, there were other states where you'd see it go over 70. 89%, we've never seen that. So I'm a big skeptic that all of a sudden when you see votes manufactured at 4.45 a.m. and we lose a 100,000 vote lead, uh, in Wisconsin, I want to see that recount, and I yeah. want I wanted somebody to tell me that uh, that those voters who cast their vote, I'd like to sample them. Somebody should go. Did you actually vote that day? Yeah, and, that's uh, one of the things were, we're going to do I'll with our you, review. Yep, that's our know, plan. I'll, I'll bet you they'll find people that will sign affidavits that saying they didn't vote that day, or they'll find people that, or they won't find people that. <laughs> You know, I mean, you can check with people, you'll go to the place and that person won't be living at the residence that you'll see them. And yep. so there'll be phantom voters. There'll be ghost voters. I'll bet you. The uh, are you when you look at now, I want to pin you down on this. Are you convinced that the election was stolen from the president or do you think there's still a possibility that Democrats just turned out more vote? I uh, I think they're they're in the process of stealing it yeah. when the when the when the, so you think it's ongoing well, as we speak. Yeah, in Philadelphia. When the, I used to work for Frank Rizzo, who was, right. uh, uh, worked for him in his last campaign. So I know right. Philadelphia. I have lots of friends there. I have Democratic friends there. I was, so uh, um, it's, a, it's a pretty Democratic city. The mayor is staunchly anti-Trump. And uh, uh, so, they, so yesterday we saw a situation where uh, the Trump campaign workers had to hold a press conference because they weren't allowing our yeah. people to inspect the ballots. Now, there's so news happened, on that. They just won an appeals court ruling uh, forcing um, the, uh, the, the city to allow the Republican observers back in. But that's two days after they had been kicked out. And, and the bad part is they did a lot of damage in that. The Republicans yeah. were late in getting there. Yep. Because you have a governor in, uh, in, in Pennsylvania where the legislatures are supposed to set the law and control the election right. process, right. not the governor. The governor is supposed to execute it. This governor had police powers during the pandemic, Governor Wolf. And what he did was he tried to change the laws to allow to dis, to get rid of signature verification. Right. So if you're going to increase mail in ballots and get rid of signature ver verification, you're looking for fraud. Yeah. And if you are barring 
Republicans and Trump campaign workers for coming in and watching the, the count. They are they are ignoring the signature verification, and yeah. there probably is massive fraud going on. There's where, no, there's no other explanation. Where is this election going to end up? Does it end up in the courts in the House of uh, Representatives? Do, do you do you see a, an outcome other than the st- Secretary of State's declaring the winner based on the current votes? Um, no, I think it's going to end up in the courts. It's too close, and uh, I I think uh, the president, you know, def- the president and the uh, uh, Trump voters, they definitely have standing uh, for a recount in Wisconsin. They definitely have standing to have the ballots that have so far been counted by mail uh, examined for uh, signature verification, other parts of the law. The bad part is once a ballot's accepted, it's very hard to go back and try to say it shouldn't have been accepted. But but if they're accepting ballots that aren't filled out correctly, that aren't signed, right. you know, you just don't know. And uh, they should have been challenged right off the bat. You have laws and you have a system or process for this. Uh, so if, if it remains a close election, which I think it does, um, Nevada, Georgia, North Carolina, you know, North Carolina stand up. For what I know, Georgia stand up. It should have been called for us already. Uh, but Pennsylvania... And Wisconsin, the vo- the votes are close enough that if, uh, if they don't go for President Trump, we should legally challenge them. Uh, Michigan, there was probably same kind of uh, same kind of Democratic manipulation in Detroit, uh, but um, un- it, it's really unfortunate because while the Democrats talk about uniting the country, they're doing everything they can to keep us divided, mm-hmm. and the media is aiding and abetting them because the vast majority of the media establishment has been. A bias against the president all year. So, so when that's you, what's going on right now? When we you 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 give us a grave sort of or or a, a sort of a disappointing look at, at the state of American democracy, no matter how this election finishes, what is the solution going forward? Is there a national standard that we need to come to for election voting, which of course is contrary to what our founding fathers wanted? They wanted every legislature to determine that. What what is the solution to come out of this so that? Whether you're a Republican or Democrat, 20 years from now, you trust the vote that's coming out of these elections and not not going home thinking I got the election stolen from me or <laughs> I pulled off a fast one. How, how do we um, how do we fix this system? Well, it's going to take public opinion to fix it. And the problem we've got is you have a Democratic Party that uh, uh, I'm, my old friend, the, the late great Democrat pollster Pat Cadell, who worked for Jimmy Carter. Sure. He always said he always said the Democrats are the crooked party and the Republicans are the stupid party. And uh, uh, that seems to be going on right now where the Democrats are being the crooks trying to beat the fools. And uh, uh, what, what happens is we have to wake up and we have to push public opinion the way the Democrats are pushing public opinion um, so that they're saying can every ballot, even if it's late, even if it's fraudulent. You know, count for dead people again. There were dead people voting in New York this year. Uh, there's people who are legal immigrants voting in New York. And so so uh, uh, what we have to do is push public opinion so that we get uh, some sort of standard that we restore integrity and faith in the system. Yep. And and to his credit, that's what former Governor Jeb Bush did in Florida. Yeah, he did. And, 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 and Governor DeSantis, to his credit, he replaced incompetent people this year so that so that no one will question Florida this year. Yeah. And and you need leadership like that where they're willing to work with Democrats and the Democrats have to be willing to work with Republicans. And the bad part is 
where you're seeing the, the potential for fraud this year is in urban machines where there's one party Democrat control, where they may not want to do that because it jeopardizes, uh, you know, their political base right now. So yeah. so, so it's it's going to be hard. I, I, I'm sorry to be pessimistic about it. But, um, you know, you wrote about the Biden family corruption. You know, I mean, if, if you got corrupt ca- candidates in a corrupt system, uh, the, the ones who are benefiting from it are, are rarely going to try to make any changes that uh, fix the system in, in a way of, you know, restoring honesty and integrity. If anything, what you saw for Nancy Pelosi in, in her HR1 two years ago was a was a election changes that would abolish voter identification. Right, right. That that would create taxpayer funding of campaigns that would that would that would benefit incumbent parties like them. Um, and you saw other changes, and Democrats are pushing in pre-citizen voting, where non-citizens, illegal immigrants uh, who are in the United States, or even landed resident immigrants who are here illegally but not citizens, that would give them a right to vote. So, um, so the changes that the Democrats would want to make are not changes I think most Americans want to make. So we need to we need to mobilize public opinion for the long term that we get some reforms and transparency and accountability that uh, we force the Democrats into doing what Florida's done. Yeah, that's that is the key is is it. and I think we just have to educate the public first. I don't think most Americans know all the things you just talked about about how machine politics have come back. I mean, in the 40s and 50s, that's how the Chicago machine and the Philadelphia machine uh, ran. Um, and then in recent years, we haven't talked about political machines, but they, they clearly could, if, if the evidence ultimately bears it out, they could have been the deciding factor in these big swing states. So it's a, a remarkable thing. Well, John, I want to thank you for spending so much time with us. I know how tired you are. It's been a long, long week, and I suspect you're not going to get many sleepless uh, or sleepful nights uh, in the next couple of uh, uh, days. But we want to thank you for uh, for your sharing your thoughts and bringing us up to speed on this amazing election. Thank you for your great journalism, and in the thank meantime, you, uh, we're getting our second win now. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get ready, ready for fight number two. Uh, yes, sir. The, the real campaign starts now. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for all that you do. And we'll uh, we'll touch base with you in a week or so when uh, the smoke finally clears. Thank you, John. All right, folks, we're going to come back from a commercial break and wrap things up. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. 
Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News. That's AMAC.us forward slash Just News. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. I hope you like the time we spent with John McLaughlin. Very thoughtful person, someone who's been around in politics a long time, has respect on both sides of the political aisle, clearly had the trust of uh, President Trump and was right about the national and battleground state polls, unlike so many of the media lead at the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, um, Quinnipiac. Uh, we can go through all of the bad polls that had it not, not, even, not slightly wrong. They were not even in the same election. Um, and uh, John McLaughlin was telling the president, don't look at those. They're suppression tools. We are going to be in the hunt. We're going to be competitive on election night. And John McLaughlin turned out to be right. Scott Rasmussen turned out to be right for us. All the others, or many of the others, not so good. In fact, way off, perhaps, is the right question to acknowledge here. All right. We'll be back tomorrow with another guest. Until then, stay tuned to justinnews.com. We'll have all the latest election developments, including new lawsuits, new litigation, new revelations in the fight for the White House in 2021. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports at justthenews.com. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, 
Thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advice fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love that's donorstrust.org slash just news